everyone, uh, welcome to an exciting edition of ARG Presents. You're a jerk. My name is Amigo Aaron, humbly yours, joined by a man who just irritates me day and night. And when we get together, he's double irritating, as you just saw. I give you the irritating Brent. Yeah, what happened? You threw stuff at me before. During my hot intro, you just throw stuff. What, uh, you know, I liked it when the intros were somewhat about the game or system we're about ready to play. Well, you threw me that, off when you that, hit me in the face with that thing. That, but that, this was the lamest. This was lame time. I am going to draw this into the game this week because if I had a gun of some sort, it would be bad for you. But thankfully for you, it would be a light gun. Bam, because this week we spun the wheel. We made the deal. And this week, we're looking at games with the old light gun. Yes. The old light gun technology, yep. Brent. Now, I know you are a, a, a technophile, if you will. Explain to everyone exactly how does the light gun technology work in an arcade? Well, it works a whole lot like it works at home. Okay, please. The screen goes black yeah. with the exception of everywhere where, the, where you're supposed to shoot is. That yeah. becomes white. And yeah. if the gun sees white, white good... Everyone wins. If uh, if the gun doesn't see white, you miss. You know, it, uh, two things. Number one, that was the least technical uh, <laughs> explanation for how a light gun works. Number two is I put together this video. I thought to myself, the one thing I don't want to show is that hideous footage from Chiller. That's the very first thing that pops up. So if you're where <laughs> you saw that, so yeah, uh, light guns. Yes, yeah, so you've got a you've got a light sensor that uh, pounces off from the TV that picks up the gun. That will register a hit. Of course, different light guns have different methods of uh, uh, yeah, operation. It's funny that a lot of games, I wouldn't say a lot, but some games in the arcade that you think are light games actually aren't. Uh, and speaking of which, I believe uh, Operation, Operation Wolf. Wolf. I think yep. term, the Terminator games, another <clears> one that uh, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, is a game that everyone thinks is a light game, but isn't. Typically, if your gun is mounted, physically mounted to your cabinet, it's not actually a light gun. Yeah. It's more like a trackball. That's a good angle, though, yeah. isn't it? That's a good gimmick. You know, we, uh, you're a big fan of the old opera. Uh, to Operation love Wolf. Operation Wolf. And, uh, now, what about Operation Thunderbolt? The not as good. I mean, it's still good. It's still good, but I, I prefer the classic. It's funny because I remember we went to look at an Operation Wolf one time to yeah. buy it from a local friend of ours, and you ended up buying this pinball machine set beside me. Here's the Who Done It? Yes, out of that deal. So we did not get the Wolf. Are you happy with your decision? Oh yeah, because because <laughs> Who Done It is my all-time favorite pinball machine of all time. Yeah, it's that's great. right. It's so all-time, and that's to be mentioned twice. It's a great game. Now let's. I want to talk about light gun games. Uh, do you remember the first time you? Fiddled with a light gun because uh, yeah. I, I I remember the first time I fiddled with one and it wasn't it had nothing to do with an arcade machine because uh, you would go back in the day you could go places that had like uh, basically a shooting gallery that yes was a physical shooting gallery sometimes with lights yeah sometimes those work differently though sometimes you'll see these uh, at uh, uh, carnivals at carnivals and sometimes you'll see them at like a big Place like a King's Island or something, yeah. but the the one the place it's basically I remember, a big car. They used to actually have these at some arcades, and they actually had one in an arcade that was in Dunbar. This is way before you were around, probably. And they had one there. I remember playing that. Those are always those are kind of fun gun games. Yeah, they even had games uh, uh, that you that they would uh, project. Uh, images on the ceiling on the wall, and you like they were like uh, uh, shooting uh, clay uh, pigeons. Clay pigeons. And you can do that. Which, uh, that's a what a wacky concept. These are old games yeah. too, you know. So before you had the gun type games in the arcade, you had these sort of 
uh, I guess, more physical gun games. The cool thing about the the actual shooting gallery is like you could shoot the piano and it would play a tune. Or you, or sometimes you could shoot someone and make them dance or make something go up and down. That was the game. I am a huge, cannot express enough, huge fan of shooting galleries. Yeah, those are cool. And you don't see those. I mean, you rarely see well, them. Well, so, they're so massive. They take up so much space. They generate minimal revenue. Uh, but I'm a huge, huge fan. I, in fact, I have many times uh, just sitting around, I will draw and make up shooting gallery scenes where mm-hmm. I would place things in my little drawing. This was younger me when I had more time. Yeah, yeah I used to do that. Uh, shooting games, I also have a, a deep dive into a game that my buddy owned. Yeah, <clears throat> He owned one of the old 1970s ones where the targets were like uh, that glow-in-the-dark phosphorus yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he had it in his garage. And this was when I was in high school. Uh, and I loved it. I loved going over it. It just barely worked. Barely worked because it was all gear driven and and you know that's it was before electronics and stuff it was all based off of mechanics and uh, he sold his dad sold that and I was so mad because I would have bought it in a heartbeat yeah yeah and he he sold it many many years later when I was out of college uh, man those games back then those old mechanical games old mechanical shooting games. Awesome. Yeah, I was watching this. Awesome. Nostalgia this week took a tour at one of these festivals, and he saw a bunch of the old, the old like racing games where you're on the reel of paper in yep. the arcade. Now, see, I don't like those. Oh, actually, this was a magnet one. There's a lot of magnet ones and tanks and stuff. Yeah. Physical. And me and you both remember the baseball games that you could play that were physical. Those are great games. Helicopters that fly yeah, around in a circle. Plane. You got to pick stuff up. Now let's bring it back here to our subject at hand: light gun games. Do you recall the first light gun game you fought, saw in the arcade or at home? Like um, games, they, they were an old, they've been a staple of home systems since home systems. All you know, right after, right after Pong, you know. Absolutely, uh, I would say my first vivid memory of an arcade one was Crossbow, uh, and I remember it because the cabinet was so awesome looking. The concept was incredible. I would have been eight. I mean, like, it's crossbow. Is it a light gun game, or is it one of the joystick ones? No. Uh, no, 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 no. It, 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 it is light gun, yeah. That was a very unique take on the genre of, of the light gun. Absolutely. You know, uh, the ones I remember, I remember having going to a buddy's house, and he had one of those old, almost like one of the old Odyssey home versions before Odyssey mm-hmm. 2, and he would have the gun, realistic gun, and you'd shoot the dot on the screen. I remember, I do remember that. That probably was one of the first ones I saw something in the arcade, but when it comes to gun games in the arcade, you know, a lot, I had to really ponder, it seems like I may have played Duck Hunt in the arcade, the original, you know, the, before it was on the uh, the NES, uh, I do remember playing something like that, but, you know, really, I don't have any super early remembrances of arcade gun games, most of the ones I remember were the ones we talked about, your Operation Wolves, you know, uh, your, your Crossbow, those sorts of things. But they were unique, and they were they were sort of fun. <clears throat> and eventually, you would get they would give way to stuff like, uh, uh, you know, like Mad Dog McCree and yes. stuff like that. When you get really up into up in towards the end of the run, but I think Gun Lego games really came into their own at home. Uh, and I, it, I, I, man, I can't disagree with you more. Uh, well, I'll tell you why I think that. It's like I, what really got me into Lego games was the Dreamcast. 
This thing had tons of light gun games that were great, and it could even have games. Some games supported like up to four players. Four-player gun game. There weren't that many. I had four guns. I still have at least two in there, you know, for the Dreamcast. I thought the Dreamcast was a great gun system. And then the Wii picked up the mantle, and it had tons of games that, again, worked on a different technology. But, I mean, it's the same basic bear. The difference is, of course, you're looking at a curse on the screen. You're not looking at, like, a light gun thing. But still, was a, it was... I had a lot of fun playing both. I had a gun for my Wii remote, you know, that whole Sure, gimmick. sure. And there were some really good releases uh, in there for the for the Wii, the gun, the, you know, titles for that. So I would say both those are in there. I'll admit that in, at home, a lot of systems bypass guns entirely. Hardly like, like I've got an Xbox, they released a gun for it, but they only had like maybe one or two games yeah. for it, you know. And then some games went in full bore, like your NES had t- like you think of the NES as having gun titles, but you don't really think of the Super Nintendo, for example. I well, the Super, the Super Nintendo had the Super Scope, <laughs> which would <laughs> I know it had it. Well, yeah, how, it, many, it, how uh, many games were ready for that thing? Maybe dozen. three. Oh, there was about a dozen. Yeah. Oh, see, there was no see, dozen. I'll tell you what: if there were a dozen games that were made for the Super Scope, I will be stunned. Oh, now you would on the fly. You're going to look this up. Well, I mean, yeah, in four. That- it looks like four. No, Aaron, that's that's. It, it, I was right. It's four. So you didn't have a. There was twelve like, on the button. Tw- I'm not buying it. So yeah, twelve so, on the button. Yeah, there's a bonus game of two of those. Those don't count. The bonus games don't count. So with all that said, <clears throat> on the old uh, home and arcade releases of light games, we had to pick from two games here. I guess I'll lead the parade, the parade of violence. Now, I'm going to lead the parade of no, violence. No, I'm sorry. I'm leading the parade of violence. Uh, Executive decision. Uh, so, I, you know, it's funny. We picked these games on the fly on the last show. Yes. And, and people, the audio wasn't great, so I'm trying to sure everyone heard us. But I, I picked my game, and it's funny because I picked it because it's funny. Brent's the one that showed me this game originally back in the day. So, I yeah. know you know what it is. It's a little thing I like to call BAM Police Trainer. A.K.A. Police Trainer property of Metro Police Academy. You banned, but there was no damage. There's no damage. Well, that's because there's no damage. No, all right, so, fair enough. <laughs> this was published by PNP Marketing Inc. <laughs> and also developed by PNP Marketing Inc. Now, I thought to myself, what an odd, what an odd thing. PNP Marketing. That doesn't sound like a video game maker. So I looked into what they'd done. Okay. Here's what I found. I found, I, I know they're out of Chicago, West Dickens Avenue, Chicago, Illinois. I got that from the, uh, the, the police trainer manual I found. By the way, the police trainer manual, not a good read. <laughs> I would imagine that. All right. And then secondly, I found out they also produced a game called Sharpshooter and a game called Bolarama. Okay. They produced those now. I know what Bolarama is. You're thinking to yourself, well, wait a minute, dummy. There's a, is, is, <laughs> yeah, almost continuously. You're thinking to yourself, isn't there a uh, police trainer too? There is. We'll talk about it. But uh, they didn't make the second one. It was developed by somebody else. And so that's why that's not on the list. Uh, this was released in 96 uh, in the arcade. This never got a home port. Can you believe that? Yeah. Because it was uh, everywhere. It was. I saw this in a lot of places. It seemed to be pretty popular. Yeah. And I listened to a lot of people talk, and they all seemed like it made a lot of money. These are arcade guys. So yes. I don't know how it did, but it must have been pretty well. Of course, this was made in America, so uh, you would think we would know over here. Um, 
just for uh, it was a JAMA a PCB, which of course is the Japanese arcade manufacturer standard for uh, a, a connector for a machine. And I read a couple people that said that this had never been released in a dedicated cabinet, which apparently is wrong. Uh, but, but a lot of people say this was one of the most popular kits you could get. Hmm. And there's a lot of people that found these in like old Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 machines, for example. That they And it was literally, the kit would be, you would get a marquee, you would get a, uh, uh, you'd get the PCB, you'd get two holsters, two guns, and some stickers for the side art, you're good to go. Yeah. And so you were in. And, and you, you stuck them on there. But from what I read, this did, in fact, have de- several dedicated cabinets, including a real fancy big screen one, sort of like... I remember, yeah. Know, I remember one make, being made out of, like, uh, uh, tubes. I don't know. I didn't see anything mm. about that. Uh, uh, again, this was released in November of 96. And it seemed like it was... Does that seem... Uh, that seems, I could have sworn this was released earlier than that, but I guess 96... No, that, yeah, that seems about right to me. Um, just for completeness, I looked up who made this thing. I couldn't, I didn't find any other games that these people are credited for. Uh, the electronics, the software, and the game design were Fred Heyman. The art direction and audio were from Steve Boyer. The 3D modeling animations were from Bertie Vanasupa. Good name, <laughs> Bertie. And the 3D, 3D models animation sound was Matthew Akers. The PCB layout, David Orman. And the voices were Valerie Hartman. And there's a lady's voice that you occasionally hear uh, in the game. Yes. And it'll say stuff to you. Like, congratulations. Congratulations is the one thing that comes to mind. So, let's talk about this game uh, proper. Because there, there's a... I could sit here and fill a whole show on what you do in this game. And yet, I could also sum up the entire game in like one sentence. So, the game... Uh, this is an unusual game, and one and one of the reasons it was so popular is because of its of the way it's set up. Most gun games, this may surprise you, but most gun games involve you shooting people. Yeah, yeah. This game doesn't involve you shooting any people, and that's so it's true. it's a non-violent shooting game, and, and so that's one of the reasons that this thing got uh got picked up in a lot of places is because it was non-violent. So because if you'll recall, around this time that was sort of here we are again with the whole non-violence. Well, that was thing. a little. That was a little past the well, point, it, but I understand. People were. I think gun violence more than anything else. So when you start this game, it's one or two players simultaneous. By the way, in case you were wanting to say two people can do this at once, but you don't. You it, yes, it is two players simultaneous, but don't play it that way. I played it sucks. that way. That's that's not true. I think no, it's fun. it sucks. Uh, the uh, uh, and I'll explain why later. Okay. The so what you do in this game, you are trying to earn uh, your basically promotions as a police officer. Uh, the the you work your way up through the game, <laughs> and we're pretty sure this is legitimately how they yeah, do it. How they do it. <laughs> so you'll you'll run through the first rank you'll earn is patrolman, then sergeant, detective, captain, chief, and commissioner. So you can actually become commissioner just by being a good shot. <laughs> That's right, just by being a good shot. <laughs> being a good shot. Now, so when you start this game, it, you're presented with a screen that will allow you to pick different uh, exercises or tests in the uh, for the, it, or different sorts of training, I guess, if you will. Yes. Uh, and when you first start the game, uh, you, you've, you're thinking, okay, what am I into here? Well, what you're doing, you're, you're testing various disciplines that a police officer needs in the field. Okay, that's the theory behind it. So, 
For example, on the first screen, you might see uh, a block labeled speed, one labeled accuracy, timing, uh, visual acuity, judgment, or simulation. And there are more, but those are the ones that we'll talk about at first. So uh, each one of these will, will give you tests based on the whatever the category was. For example, when you first pick speed as your category, you're presented, uh, it'll say, hit the patterned bullseye. There'll be a certain patterned bullseye and then there'll be a bullseye that doesn't fit that pattern as well. And so what you're, they'll, they'll fill up like a tic-tac-toe pattern, and they'll flash these bullseyes in the pattern, in, in the pattern. and you're supposed to shoot the one it says shoot and not shoot the other one. Simple, all right? That's all there is to it. If you, there's each level, you have a certain amount of ammo. Some levels have unlimited. No no reloading. Right, and, and you also have a certain quota. And what that means is you have to get a score, given your accuracy at shooting this stuff, that meets the level that they demand for that particular item. So, for example, on speed, you might have to have a score of 1,000. If you score 1,200, great. If you score 900, you fail. And then you basically have to, so you didn't you lose, a you lose a life. Yep. Uh, and that's the way, that's the whole game. I mean, you, that's not just, I mean, it's every category, but that's, that's the premise of it. Now, there are a few exceptions to the ammo rule. There, for example, there's one level uh, where you have to hit, uh, you have to shoot out a star pattern in a, in a piece of paper, basically like a target. And then now, that, as far as I can tell, it's the only level that you get an automatic weapon with unlimited yeah. ammo. And it's, no, it's, that's all. No, the ammo in that is limited. It's oh, just it's hard to run out. Well, the yeah. uh, uh, that's an old uh, that by the way, that carnival game, game. An old carnival mm -hmm. thing. So I'm going to go through just some of the different games in here. And then try to explain what they are. Could uh, not to get too technical, but that's just that's the game. So it's yeah. what it's got to be. So I mentioned the speed. As you move through the game, you these the categories will change, and what they will do. Some of the games in the categories change dramatically, and sometimes they just up the difficulty. Like and I'll y'all explain. So, for example, I, and I went through and mapped all these out. By the way, so I'm not going to go through them all. But for example, speed. Speed is often the tic-tac-toe pattern where you have to shoot the certain bullseye, and then eventually they get faster, they mix it up more, okay, it's level. But what? there's also a level of speed called diffuse the explosives, okay? This is where they put sticks of dynamite on the screw with a little hitbox on them, and the dynamite's lit, and you've got to go through and shoot all the dynamites, make sure you're shooting the fuses before they explode. And that level, if they explode, you lose, all right? So that falls under speed as well. Then you've got accuracy. Accuracy is often uh, in some form of hitting balls, bouncing balls, okay? Uh, at first, the balls just are there, and then eventually you're shooting these balls that like form up out in space, and then eventually they bounce in space, and then eventually they're multicolored in space, and you don't have to shoot certain ones. And at the very peak level, the balls are joined almost like an atom with another bad ball, and they spin, and you have to shoot the right one. So it's very difficult uh, there. Then you've got a timing. Timing is another ball thing where they shoot balls on the floor. You know, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. A lot and of it, balls in this game. And every and all the timing levels are just more balls faster. You know that stick. Then you've got visual acuity, Brent, and this is going to have you hit matching targets. And targets are going to have different colors, so you have to. It'll give you the target you want to hit, and then you have to shoot the a target out of a group of targets. And it just speeds up. It gets faster. <clears throat> uh, then you've got judgment. Judgment is shooting pop-up targets 
and you only shoot the ones that are armed, like there are silhouettes of men with guns, and you want to shoot those without shooting the non the silhouettes that don't have a gun. Simple, right? But that very Hogan's Alley. It is very Hogan's Alley. Um, and then you've got uh, part of simulation. Uh, then you've got uh, uh, simulation. Simulation is supposed to be you moving through a uh, a uh, series of of, uh, of uh, obstacles as guys pop out with or without guns, and you have to shoot them. You'll go. There are two different flavors of this. There's one you just kind of go through this thing that's like guys everywhere. And then you've got one where you've got a good at a corridor and there are guys everywhere uh, and you shoot them. <clears throat> um, I'm going to summarize a few of these because they're so, they're so long. Yeah. <laughs> you've got marksmanship. You've got emotion where a wheel of color is spinning ready to shoot those. There's one, if you're playing two player, you can get a cooperation. I mean, excuse me, a competitive. It's the exact opposite of cooperation. Where that this is actually kind of cool. You may have never seen this since you don't play two players. This no, I've seen it. They put like a, a a target on wheels on this like it looks like a gym floor, and each side has your a color on it. You're supposed to shoot, and you try to shoot it quicker and more accurately than your buddy. And every time you do, the car moves slows closer to his yeah. side. It's a it's a tug of war. And when you win, the car will move all the way over. Yeah, it's <clears> a tug of war. Something else this game's got is a bunch of memory stuff, which is weird. They want you to, like, you have to, they'll show you a bunch of targets that are good and bad. Then they just turn those targets over to question marks. So you have to remember where the bad ones are and shoot them all. It's tough. And that one gets really tough after a while. I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of shooting of targets in this that are, uh, uh, and they up the difficulty every level, right? Okay. Is it fun? It is. I think it's pretty fun. Uh, the one thing that you've got going for you in a game like this is unlike some games, there's no shooting off screen. There's no ducking behind stuff. I mean, it's it's bare bones. But the variety, the variety of, of gameplay in this will keep you coming back. Now, wouldn't this one get boring after a while? It might. <laughs> if you own this, like, would you want this in your collection if you have it? Um, yes. And the reason why is... This is a great game for people to come over and try. Yeah. What I want to personally play this over and over and over and over. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it would be fun to, if you were like really into like high scores or like getting really good. Even at that, it. I don't think it'd be great. I mean, in terms of like getting your name on the scoreboard, it's like getting all the way through, which would be no easy feat because it gets really crazy after a while. But this is one of the few gun games. I mean, this really. Well, imp- I think this would improve your ability to play gun games. I mean, it's, you have to be quick on this. No. There's quick draw a- a- areas of it. There's a lot of stuff that you have to use your mind, a lot of uh, a lot of mapping and stuff in your head of, like, what's going on. Yeah, so, it, it, here's the thing. Mind if I, I jump in for Well, no, way. I'm not quite done. So All you, right. Bear you, with. You go right ahead. I just want to finish up by saying there are a couple parts that I thought were particularly funny. There's a bonus level in this where you shoot donuts and cups of coffee in a donut shop, but you don't shoot the ones that have a bite out of them. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, and the uh, uh, I found the game pleasing. I like the sound effects. There's not really any music except for like a dun 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 that you hear occasionally. Uh, but this is not that kind of game. It makes you feel like you're playing something that may have possibly been issued to a police station somewhere to help the officers get better. That's the theory. Any? Go ahead. Okay. Jump in. This game is good. All right. I'm not I'm <laughs> not go. I'm not going to say that this is not a fun game. 
because it is. It's a fun game. You go in, you play the different challenges. You're like, oh, okay, I know how to get better at this. And actually, that's the problem with the game. Uh, you eventually can get so good at this game by just recognizing what the machine wants you to do that you can run all the way through the game without any problems. You can still lose, right? Because there are a couple features of the game that are designed to make you fail, even if you're really, really good. Uh, but the game is very solvable. I remember even in the arcade, because you can start this at any level and do any mini game you want. Once you once you choose a place to start, you're kind of stuck progressing. But if you wanted to start on the very last stage, you could. Um, I used to start at the very beginning, and I could easily go up four or five ranks every time. Really? Yes. Okay. And it's not because I'm some wizard at gun games. I'm really not. Uh, but it's because once you realize, for example, the first speed stage has three bad targets. After you see those three bad targets, because they won't just, they won't save them to the very end. In your third or fourth pattern, you might have already seen all the bad targets. Then you know you can shoot all the other targets without thinking. Because there's only ever three bad targets. Mm. And it's that kind of uh, learning about the game that the game becomes solvable. The reason why this is a horrible two-player game is there are about half the stages just take what game you would be playing alone, divide the screen down the middle, and then both of you are playing the same games on the, on the left and right of the screen. Those, even though that's stupid and sucks, those are actually the better versions of the two-player games. Because the alternate version is everything is a free-for-all, <clears throat> and you, there's enough things you can shoot so that both people can progress. But if one player shoots one too many good targets, then player two, no matter what, cannot progress because there aren't enough good targets left to get his score high enough. Well, they want that money. They, they, well, knew, they but, knew what they were doing. But no, but that's crap. That doesn't make for a fun two-player game. Out, part of the training is that I'd be better than your buddy. No, it's that not. It is, it because is. the game is not supposed to be... Uh, competitive, it's supposed to be cooperative. Uh, Except it's got competitive mode. What? In fact, yeah, there's a competitive mode where you try to score on your buddy. That's no. the whole point. I'm not buying this argument. No. There's nothing wrong with a game where you try to outdo the guy beside you. That's, what, but, that's the whole no, point. No, because there are some levels where if you don't work together, you cannot succeed. So, no, I don't, I don't buy that. This is supposed to be played cooperative. Yes, there is that little tug-of-war section where someone's going to lose a life, which that's also another thing. There are levels in this where even if both of you do the best possible way, someone's going to lose because there's only two point, or there's only three points and you need two points to pass. <coughs> so someone is going to lose a life on those stages. That's crap. I know that it's all that all that is about the money. It's all about plunking that's in that right. next quarter. That's right. And it's a little nitpicky. Let's be No, that's I'll, not nitpicky. playing two people this. Not that often. I mean, what, what do you have? You, you like this as a one-player game. You don't yes. like this as a two-player game. Correct. Enough. 
But, I mean, there, there's other things. There's other things to say about this game. I know you're, you're, you're dying to, to no, please, cut me off. Um, the accuracy on this game in the arcade is pretty spot on. Yeah, I It's agree. pretty spot on. It had to be for this game. Um, it had to be good. It has targets that you are, that it registers that you shoot that are very, very small. I yeah. mean, less than, say, uh, uh, the end of a pencil eraser. The last level with the twin spinning balls, that one's good, one bad, like that is going to be, you have to yeah. have incredible accuracy to pull that off. Yeah. So, uh, um, I do, I give it a huge thumbs up for that. Yeah. This was one of the uh, first 50 cent games that I played on a regular basis. I never saw this cheaper than 50 cents. Um, of course, it was in that era of arcade where everything started to shift to 50 cents. Yeah. But I would still play quarter games because I'm a cheap guy. Yeah. But uh, I think that this game's biggest hallmark, this biggest claim to fame is nonviolent. Yeah. Pinpoint accuracy. And it is absolutely fun for anyone to pick up plug a few quarters in, and they immediately know what's going on. Yeah, and I think this is one that you are you can... It, it's perfect for an arcade, and I guess part of the reason why they didn't release it at the house, it's perfect at the arcade. You're going to play it once every couple weeks, and it's fresh. Yeah. If you had this at home, yeah, it might get a, it might get a little It's going to get super stale. Does this have a place in your pantheon of light gun games? Uh, no. I mean, no, no because it, there's, the replayability on it is really low. I just think it's a unique game, and I like the fact that that it's not only two player, but also the fact that it's. I just like the setup of it. I found it interesting. It's very unique amongst light gun games. Oh, I'll agree. I'll yeah. agree with that. Um, just to take care of final bits of business here. Uh, again, I mentioned this. There was a Police Trainer Two. It was released by an outfit called. It was developed by an outfit uh, called Phantom Systems, and it was. Uh, uh, it was released by Phantom Systems and Team Play. It had a stand-up and set-down, which I've never seen. Have you ever seen I, Police I've Trainer never 2? seen Police Trainer 2. I haven't either. Uh, and so it's a little bit different uh, than Police Trainer. Uh, it's funny, to, when you look at the ad for this, I, I have a little picture of, the, uh, of the, fly, the flyer on this. It mentions that you can get three different size cabinets, 25 inch, 33 inch, or 46. So right there, you know that there were cabinets you could purchase. And also, it does mention on the flyer nonviolent. So that was a, <laughs> I'm saying that was a that was a thing uh, back in, in the day. I looked this up on e. Oh, I looked up some scores on this. Uh, Claw the score over Claw, and you know how that group is. That arcade owners are an odd bunch. Uh, they gave this a two point eight six out of five. By the way, Claw the killer list of video games. In case you were wondering what that was, uh, uh, GameSpot gave Blue Knight scored this a two and a half out of five. And Glitchwave scored this a 2.25 out of 5. So you're getting a lot of Midland scores. I'm not sure this was flashy enough for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Uh, we did get one review. I, I think the game's better than, than 50%. Oh, I think so, too. Uh, Pajaco chimed in. He says, Police Trainer is more uh, is like a more serious grown-up version of Point Blank with a yes. good variety of shooting minigames. That's exactly what it is. Uh, Theme-wise, it's quite futuristic, like a trainer... You would see in a cop movie from 1985, set in two, 2022. <laughs> yeah, right. Police there's a lot going for it, and I should have loved this one, but at the point where I'm not quite there with it, I found the accuracy requirement less forgiving than other light games, like a games, uh, yes. which made the game more frustrating than challenging. It can be frustrating 
Especially when you get on a level that you just can't get past, and that'll happen. And it does lower the requirement yeah. every time you fail, yeah, which is a really nice is, feature. Well, yeah, it keeps you coming back because there are points where you're not going to get past yeah. the, you know, the level. Um, I made it to Detective and then couldn't progress due to the accuracy issues. That's not to say it's a bad game. It really could become uh, be because of my setup, but Lethal Forces played just fine, so who knows. I'm sure if I can work on the light gun setup, it'll be just fine. If you want a demanding light gun game that isn't just about shooting hordes of suckers in the face, well said. Uh, maybe this is the one for you. Seven out of ten. I think that's a very uh, astute and accurate uh, look. And lastly, uh, I looked this up on eBay, believe it or not. Uh, there, I couldn't find any working PCBs. This is jam. Uh, theoretically, mm. you just get the PCB, but I did see plenty of non-work going to 55 bucks. Maybe you can uh, make a call to Frank. To have a look, he does arcade PCBs. Uh, if you want to buy the whole machine, and that's what I would recommend, uh, you're looking at. I saw one going for twenty six hundred bucks, which is hilarious for someone that we used to bet see these things routinely go for under eight hundred dollars back in the day, well under. Uh, but of course, back in the day, everything was cheaper. No, I, I think that's I think that's a That's probably a little high, but I don't think that's horrible. Yeah. So, uh, but overall, I enjoyed it. It was as fun as I remembered, and I thought I had a good time uh, with this one, uh, the Brent. So that's my look at Police Training. Now you went in a different direction. No, I didn't. Well, you did because <laughs> we went from a, a non-violent game that doesn't have any humans in it at all. And to whatever you picked, tell the folks what you brought to the table this week. I picked my, one of my childhood favorites, Lethal Enforcers. Lethal Enforcers. Now, Aaron, <clears throat> Lethal Enforcers, made by Konami. Oh, yeah. Okay, this, Konami was set, this is when Konami was on their huge rise to fame, right? And they looked at their, their lineup and they said, you know, we have a little bit of everything, but you know what we don't have? We don't have light gun games. So... They got to work on a light gun game, and their very first pitch was a Mad Dog McCree type thing where you use uh, the full movie scenes, and then you just have a quick draw event was or something like that. Was this before McCree was out in the arcade? Yeah, no, no, it was already there. Oh, really? Late? Yeah. Okay, wow. I don't know uh, what year that came out. Okay, go ahead. Uh, this came out in 1992. No, I'm talking about Mad Dog McCree. I oh. that came out. I'll look that up while um, you're talking. So they were going to go that way with it, and, and the, the higher-up said, listen, we're not doing that. We yeah. make video games. We don't make quick-time events. Let's, let's, let's work on that technology that, uh, because motion capture with live with uh, digital art or digital capturing just started to become big. Mortal yeah. Kombat's in the, in the arcade. Yeah. They said, let's take that technology, but let's make a full actual game with it. Mm. And, boy, I'm going to butcher this name. I apologize in advance. <laughs> Yoshikiri Hanato Very good. said that he took a lot of inspiration from America Cinema. And, okay. and what game does, what movie does this sort of represent? Dirty Harry movies. Okay. Where you've got, you, you've got your lone cop, your renegade cop with the, with a big gun and going in there and taking care of business. So that's where his inspiration for this came from. And when he presented it to Konami, they were like, all right, well, let's do it. They were, oh, like, they were down. They were like, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's let's get this done. Let's get the technology. We've, we've got the technology to do this motion capture, this live actor stuff. Let's do it. And uh, 
it was a surprise runaway hit. Now, for anyone who has never played this before, this is a straight-up light, uh, light gun game where you are traveling in uh, re uh, not rendered environments, but uh, motion capture. realistic environments. Yeah, FMV yeah. environments where you have everything is FMV. Your backgrounds, your... Uh, well, I wouldn't call it FMV. I wouldn't, because that's video. And that's this true. Is, and this is more like FMP, full <laughs> motion picture, basically. <laughs> Uh, so all of your all of your backgrounds are digitized. Everything in the scene is digitized, except for a very slight few elements. I'll go over in a second. And everyone, all the bad guys that jump on the screen to shoot you that you have to shoot are also uh, uh, captured. So their animations, of course, they're pretty lacking. Most of them have, you know, at best five or six frames of getting onto the screen to yeah. shoot at you, and then they have five or six frames of I got shot animation. Yeah, it's more um, like this. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they just fall over. And, and and you've got, of course, all of your enemies repeat over and over and over. You shoot 30 clones of the same guy in a single stage, that sort of thing. Um, but this game also had innocent people that would pop out that you weren't supposed to shoot. But it had cop buddies, because you play a cop in this, that will jump out and pretend to shoot yeah, at he's bad guys. He just writing a lot of fire, <laughs> jerk. Uh, but they took they took the technology and they they actually did a lot more with it than you would think. Uh, you have scenes where you're driving in the streets and, and it actually has re, uh, photorealistic cars uh, for the time that move back and forth, and you can shoot different elements of these cars to have different things. So the glass will break out. The tires will pop, and it'll start wobbling. There are uh, shooting gallery effects in the game itself. Uh, you can shoot cameras. You can shoot bells off of walls. You can shoot uh, all kinds of glass elements that will break. And that's something that really, like I said before, I really love shooting other games. That's something that drew me into this game was all of these extra elements. Sure, shooting the bad guy's fun, and it has a little, like, blood splatter. Uh, uh, very, to be completely honest, when you when you think of, like, Mortal Kombat, it's the dead opposite. It's the minimal amount of death. Yes, you shoot the guy, and they have a I died animation, but it's not like their guts are flying out everywhere. Yeah, right. However, Aaron, a lot of people forget this was one of the games that made the rating system a thing. Oh, really? Yeah. You, you got your Mortal Kombat's that went into Congress, yeah. right? And you had your Night Traps, right? Yeah. This was game number three. Really? This is the one that went on Capitol Hill, and Dummy Lieberman set, got up there and said, this is rooting our country. Dummy, <laughs> Dummy Lieberman? You're and, burying that guy. And uh, uh, they held up the guns that were attached to a lethal enforcer cabinet. And yes, they are uh, handgun shape, six-shooter shape, but they're solid blue or solid pink. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was... A lot of people forget this, that this was one of the games that was presented as... that led to the uh, ESRB. It is funny, because I do recall him holding up one of those guns. Yeah. I, def I definitely remember that. Um some places this was released got an arcade release of course that's the one we're talking about today 
but it was also released on the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, the Sega CD, and much later down the line, it got a PlayStation release that had both the first game and the second game. I remember on it. that because it came in a big box with a gun, and it was <coughs> expensive too. It was like it was more like a, a big time. It was like eighty bucks or something like that. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got a gun. Um, that was a big deal though at the time. I remember that. Well, this was um, released with Lethal Forces One and Two, right? And there was a third Lethal Enforcers game that I've never seen. All right. It goes away from the realistic graphics into 3D elements. Mm. So completely different game. I've never played now, it. The second one I do <clears throat> recall, the Cowboy. Yeah, they, it was yeah. set in the Old West. Not, not a fan. Uh, a few personal experiences with Lethal Enforcers. All right. the re- there are a few reasons why this holds such a place in my heart. Thing number one. I used to stand out in front of the department store. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I bo- it was big lots at the time. It's a department store that sells uh, discounted items. And this was out front for, for many, many years. I would have been... Uh, let's see, this was released in 92, so I would have been 14. Yeah. All right, four, 13, 14. So I was old enough to kind of go by myself, but mom and dad didn't want me to like leave the area, so I parked myself at the front of the store with my handful of quarters, and I played Lethal Enforcers until my eyes bled. Yeah. And, you need a handful, too. And I, this was, I mean, it's an ingrained childhood memory. The first time I walked up to see somebody playing with both guns at the same time. Really? I, because I had never, I never thought, thought about, about that, it. Yeah. And I, it blew my mind. This guy, he sucked, right? He sucked. But he was playing both guns at the same time, shooting off screen to reload, shooting the bad guys. And I it, I was just gobsnapped, spat, bad, bad. I was just, that's what Literally, I was. still affecting you. <laughs> uh, another core memory for me about this game. <clears throat> I stole money. Oh, no. I stole money. I stole a dollar and thirty-eight cents uh, to buy this game because I was that much short to buy it. Yes. What do you mean for to the buy Super it? Nintendo? Where did you steal the money from? I I, I stole the money. I stole, we'll just leave it at that. I stole you steal from mom and dad. I'm telling them today. I okay. stole a dollar and thirty-eight cents because a, that's how much I was short. What a piece of to garbage. purchase this game. And I felt I felt bad for it ever which, since. Now, which system were you buying it for? Super Nintendo. So, what did you use to shoot with the Super Nintendo? It comes with a gun. Oh, it came with one. Yeah. As well. okay. Now, here's what's going to really blow your mind. Yeah. Right. Comes with a blue gun. Yeah. All right. Shoot. You're having your your fun, right? Well, did you know you could get a pink gun? Oh yeah. Yes. If you mailed off to Konami, you could actually get. A player to pink gun, uh-huh. and uh, those are fairly highly sought after. You now. have one, by I, the way. No, okay, I, I don't have that. the original. I don't know. I don't know what you you're did. an idiot. Well, you stole to get it. I thought it would meant more to you. And just throw it away if you were. No, dead. no, 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 no. No, the original game it's forever gone. Um, some other fun trivia about this game: uh, it did crazy good. In the arcades. Oh, yeah. It, it made a ton of money. Uh, so much so 
that guess what? Your game has special thanks to some of the people who worked on Lethal Enforcers in the credits. I'm not surprised. And uh, uh, the reason why is they actually helped win your game. Oh, okay. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool little thing. So, <clears throat> real quick rundown. What is Lethal Enforcers? You go in a linear path, although you can set it up in the dip switches where you could select le- what level you wanted to start with. I thought I thought I remembered being able to yes. do that. Yep. Okay, good. That is an option. I feel less stupid now because when it started, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I can't pick. I thought you could. So, I, good. I'm glad to hear uh, that. You have several scenarios that uh, you have to fight through. The first one is the bank heist. Oh, well, I guess technically you can do them in any ro- any order. You've got bank robbery, Chinatown assault, the hijack where you're trying to stop plane hijackers. Yeah. The drug dealer, the chem and the chemical plant where they're ter- terrorists are going to blow up the chemical plant. Uh, all of them have some unique elements to them. Uh, if you're on a train, it's a car chase. Uh, my favorite is the airplane one because somehow you're flying alongside an airliner and guys are on the wing and stuff. It's like, how? What is? What? And you're shooting holes in the side of this plane. It's like this defies all logic. And the best part of that's at the end, the guy, the boss, that's in that military outfit. When you kill him, he shoots off the airplane yeah. like he's flying. Yeah, it's the strangest thing. That's my favorite one of the bunch. All these levels are stupid. I mean, they're goofy and fun, but like you're you're riding on boats and stuff. Guys are balancing while shooting on these boats and all these and these trains. It's so ludicrous. Yeah, they're over the top, big time. And if you make it far enough in between stages, you'll sometimes get a shooting gallery. Yeah, that is very reminiscent of Police Train. Yeah. Of course, this came out four years earlier. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this uh, a highly successful cabinet. The home. Uh, releases of this, although of course the video got downgraded, uh, the colors aren't as sharp, some of the the frames and animation are gone, but the home release of this was fairly well received, and it did a fairly decent job of replicating what was in the arcade. Yeah, the PlayStation version was quite good, I thought. Well, yeah, of course, my problem with the PlayStation is once you get up that high... You know, right? But I think I think they cleaned it up a little bit. They did. That's where I played most, the most of it. It was was on the PlayStation. Yeah, they did. Uh, In the arcade or on eBay for this, if you are looking for like the Super Nintendo versions or the Genesis versions, they run about a hundred to one hundred and fifty bucks with a gun. Really? And if if you want the second pink gun, yeah. It's also about 100 to 150 bucks just for the gun. Jocko just posted. He said you could get the game with 90 pounds. Well, well, there you go. Yeah, so that's I, I thought right, that's a hundred gallon. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was your what was your take of Lethal Enforcer? When I first saw this game, I I mean, I'll just, I didn't think highly of it. I'll be honest. I didn't think it was. I, I didn't say it was a good game. I thought never was, once did I say it was at good. At the time, I was like, "This is different," and it was. Yeah, it was. You know, but as you could tell it's so. Uh, it was a game of its era in every sense of the word, including even the little opening. There are these little movies that play when the game starts, and they're just like, say, the little opening movies in, like, Pit Fighter. They're these little squares, because yeah. you couldn't do a full motion, you know. And they, but it, but but it was, they were all blue. Your know, games <laughs> used to have those, and a home games had them, too. You said that little screen of animation, mm-hmm. you know. And then you played this game, and you're. it reminds me a lot now that I've played it. It reminds me if you played Al Capone on the Amiga, where you just basically, it's a, it, it, there's a still shot. And you just shoot crap in the shot that moves on. Except this one an- does animate and stuff. Listen, they took the technology they had and they did a good job. 
with what they had on offer. I mean, it was how many how many photorealistic shooting games had there been? None is the answer. I mean, and this wasn't like a Mad Dog. It was like you took the video from Mad Dog McCray, but made a game that you could properly play. Yeah. By the way, I looked up Mad Dog. It came out a couple years before this, so you're right. Yeah. And but this was this is a bit. This game is more fun than Mad Dog. It's a game. Like Mad yeah. Dog is a one trick pony basically. This has multiple tricks, maybe two, <laughs> two trick pony. But I mean, it's ludicrous. I mean, and th- thought that you got a dirty Harry type character in this. He's shooting a like. He's shooting out. He's shooting guys that have like, uh, like uh, air to uh, ground air missiles. Yeah. He shoots down like this, uh, like an air wolf or a blue thunder helicopter at the end. He's shooting all this ridiculous stuff. There's tanks that come out, little tanks at the end. So I mean, the fact that a guy with a handgun that you're holding looks like a revolver from like the old west. You're gonna kill a helicopter with. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> well, you can get weapon upgrades in this. There's uh, not a ton though. No, either. there's. You get a stronger uh, magnum gun. Yeah. You can get a uh, semi-automatic machine gun or a shotgun. Is this the first game that had you shoot off-screen to reload? Oh, I, it's the I first don't know one I remember that. doing it. So I would I, think. Eh, no, I'd have to look that up. I don't know. That was like, like I said, it's a game of its time. It predates the games like a virtual cop or something like, or games where you can take cover. You know, which this that kind of came out after this. But I mean, it is uh, at the time, and I wasn't a huge gun game guy back in the day. But when this came out, I looked at it. I was amused by it, but I didn't play it all that often. You could die real quick. Uh, you could definitely die real quick. You could quick. shoot this and this, and everything's choppy and stuff. Now, yeah. I mean, if they remade a game, I don't know why they do this. But let's pretend they wanted to remake this exact they game. They would never do that. You would have this nice, smooth animation and stuff. But at the time, they were doing the best they could. Yeah. You know, this is ninety. Think about ninety-two. This predates like Windows ninety five by three years. That's such a, oh, this is like old. Yeah, and you've got this sort of quality uh, of of appearance. So yeah, it's a fun game. I know people used to play two players this all the time. They have a good time with it. Uh, and I, it's, I never found this particularly violent. And to be honest with you, I never like I never occurred to me this would be super violent. And it doesn't take itself that seriously. But you've got and the levels are just like you're probably like Miami Vice or something. It's like yeah. the terrorist and the drug deal and the bank robbery. I mean, it's all lo- dopey. It's dopey innocent fun. So I, 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 I like it. I don't hate it. I actually like it more now than I did then, just because it's so stupid. <laughs> you know that makes it more fun for me. So yeah, I don't hate it. It, it was okay. That's basically all I could say about that. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. We did. Also, this was proper two player where both people are trying to. Trying to win at the same goal. Can you imagine? You listen. We need Officer Brent. We need. You, by the way, you also get ranks, and it's just like you do in Police Trainer. Uh, you know, you got you go up the rank detective. Yeah, you know how night. you get those ranks? Don't kill innocents. Yeah, yeah, I assume. Yeah. But can you imagine? They'd say, Officer Brent, we need you to go. We may be taking on a guy with a missile launcher and, and a <laughs> yeah. helicopter. So don't forget to bring extra bullets for your revolver. That's yeah. all you've got. It's yeah. a revolver. My God, this guy's got a missile weapon, you know. <laughs> uh, we get we got a review from Pajaco on this. Pajaco writes, although Lethal Enforcers was at my local arcade uh, when I was younger, I never played it and had forgotten about it until now. A standard light gun game by today's standards, cheesy as heck, but lots but lots of fun. I kept blasting suckers until I got RS. Also, you know, you knew uh, you could fit. Uh, also, who knew you could fit that many bad guys in a car? Yeah, that's true. Or in a box. <laughs> yeah, they came out like they were clowns. 
A couple of things that left this game down a little bit. Extra guns seemed more cosmetic than useful, save for the machine gun. And like many arcade games, there are crunch points uh, where many baddies appear at once, and losing a life and adding more credits is inevitable. That's You're not going to play this on one credit, yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is a game where they just want your money. Yeah. Uh, the graphics haven't aged well, but I'm looking at them on a crisp 32-inch LCD rather than the smaller CRT, but it's 30 years old, so it can be forgiven. Having seen the end of Lethal Forces, there isn't quite enough to go back for, especially when I could be playing Time Crisis or House of the Dead instead. Sure. But if you if you're like me and haven't played it before, give it a whirl one evening and you'll come and you'll have fun. Eight out of ten. I think I don't know if I think this is a better game than uh, it's. I don't think it's a better shooting game than Police Trainer, but it's a be, it's a more amusing game than Police Trainer. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, did you, did you, I don't suppose you looked up what a CAD that was going for these days on this thing. I, I did not find arcade prices. Everything was console stuff. It's hard to tell anymore because stuff stuff is it's crazy time. And listen, did you have any as we as we head on out the door on these lightning games as a final uh, as a final uh, talk PC, on them? PCBs for this run about one hundred and fifty. Did you have did you have any honorable mentions that you almost picked? I know we picked them on the fly. But because there are plenty of great games, he mentioned a couple. Great House ones of the there. Dead would be a good House virtual of, cop would yeah. have been good. The, there was a House of the Dead for the Wii that was like it was like a grindhouse sort of game. Boy, was it good! That was a lot of fun. There's a game that was in the arcade, but it was on the Dreamcast where I played it, where you play spies. That's a really good game. I'm, the name Confidential Mission, I think, is what it was called. I really thought that was a fun one. Uh, the, Time Crisis 2 with the pedal, yeah. uh, Silent Scope with the, the screen inside the scope. Yeah, I, see, I didn't count that one because I doubted that, that was a light gun game, but that was a fun game. That was um, probably better than most of these, actually. That was a good game. Did you ever play stuff like Area 51? Yeah. Uh, or see, Car- I, I, Carnival, stuff like Carnival, that. yep, absolutely. I played a lot of these things. That's why I, I, I almost never play light guns at, games at home. And I, but I played them quite a bit in the arcade. Yeah, and I will just as a as a parting shot, and uh, and I say this with all sincerity, I'm a big fan of Duck Hunt. That's a fun game. A great see, I it was a great game to pack in with the with uh, Mario. It was You're a, good to go. It and was a good pack in game, but I never liked it. I always I never I was liked always it. a big fan. You know who we do like the brand? Who's that? Me. But Bam. we also we also like our good buddy Frank over at Bam RetroRewind.ca. Oh. Listen, what needs to be said about Frank? This guy is a, a smooth operator up in the Great White North, and he will take care of all your C64, Commodore uh, 128s, your CDTVs, your Amigas, anything you've got that's Commodore related. If you need parts, Frank's your man. Do you need uh, a diagnostic utility? Frank's your man. Would you like to upgrade uh, your uh, Commodore items with various accoutrements, including accelerators, SD card solutions, and the like? Frank's your man. Now, what if you've got one of these Commodore machines that's uh, went belly up on you? You know, you could chuck it, right? You could shoot it with a gun, a real gun. <laughs> but what I would suggest is you get in touch with Frank at RetroRewind.ca because not only does he sell top quality parts, replacement parts, uh, and accessories. He'll also do repairs on your uh, retro machine. Uh, he's been known to fix a thing or two because he's had decades of experience at the highest level, and I mean the highest level. I'm talking tech TV level. He was a he was a he was a player back in the day, and we've and seen still the, is. we've seen the man work. So we can actually vouch 
for his ability because we've seen it live. Let me put it this way. So that's let, pretty good. I'll let the man work on my victory. That's pretty good. That's yeah. said. Uh, Frank is also a guy who will take care of you if you have a TRSA color computer. Color computer one, two, three. Would you like to have upgrades done? Would you like to have this thing's cap uh, changed out? He'll take care of you. Plus, he's got diagnostic ROMs and he's got the beloved uh, Coco FDC, the uh, compact flash solution for your Tandy car computer. So please. Where would we go to get all this amazing, uh, you, incredible skill and if talent? You, if you're thinking to yourself, where, where would this man live? He's living in a big cave up on a mountain? Maybe. I don't know. But I know he lives up in Canada, and you can get him at RetroRewind.ca for all your North American uh, car computer and Commodore needs. Now, with all that said, the Brent, yes, you have fully stocked the wheel. We have a good wheel set up today. First of all, right here, our Retro Rewind piece. If, baby, if that thing spins, oh, yeah. it's it, it's go time. Yeah, because I don't even know what happened. Yeah, he does. He does it's a that. it's a special kind of fun. <laughs> we have genre defining games, keeping the faith, religious games, too hot for YouTube, Europe only releases, wrestling games, video games banned for dumb reasons. Uh uh, our retro rewind piece, the Dick Smith Wizard. Oh. I, I slid it back in there. Shh, don't You're tell anybody. We get to wear our shirts. That comes up. A holiday themed games and a high score challenge. Beautiful, beautiful. So oh, man, we're I don't going. Want that one. I don't. That's what I don't want. <laughs> we're gonna give this yeah, thing yeah, the right master of spins. Give it a try. Get it right in the middle. Get it right in the middle. There we go. What the people see. That's a good spin. Good spin. And the winner is... Alright, we got... Genre-defining games brought to us by our good friend... Ben's. Ben's. Genre-defining yes. games. You want to... What do you think that means exactly? Well, Aaron, I would imagine that would be a game that would be genre-defining. So this would be like Street Fighter 2 would be the genre-defining game of fighting games, for example. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Street Fighter 2 it is then. <laughs> So are we going to make any limitations on where this would come from? Absolutely not. And it's all, this is sort of a personal preference category. Uh, now, obviously, we can't all pick Battle Chess for the funniest game of all time. Oh, God. But uh, this is something where you go in, you say, what is genre-defining mean to me? Yeah. And, of course, genres change throughout the history, so it might be for that point in time. Yeah. Doesn't matter the system. Doesn't matter... The uh, uh, computer doesn't matter, arcade or at home. So next week, a deeply personal edition of ARG Presents. You know what else is personal to me, Brent? Because uh, I like to be smooth when I transition this stuff. Something that's near and dear to my heart is the only thing I like to call the BAM International Computer Club. And we're less than a week away from the big event. This will be uh, Saturday, October 1st. 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, join myself and a cast of thousands for the International Computer Club. Uh, this is a meeting we have where we get together with a bunch of the uh, luminaries in their fields, good buddies, good pals, who come in to do demonstrations, to talk about acquisitions, uh, to uh, hype various releases. Anything goes. If it's classic computer or console gaming related, we're good to go. Uh, 
We mentioned our good friends at Retro Rewind earlier. I want to also say, give them a shout out. Give me the sign one more time there. Bam. Frank has arranged for a special guest uh, on the International Computer Club to be our good friend uh, and renowned Commodore executive from back in the day. David Pleasance is going to be around uh, to talk to everyone on the panel. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, This is your chance. If you've seen, of course, Mr. Pleasance make the rounds at these conventions and whatnot. But if you're uh, like myself, it's not like I've been to a lot of Commodore uh, Amiga conventions. How often do you got to talk to a guy who was literally like Batman Pack, bam, CD32, bam, all this stuff. He was right in the mix, brother. He was there as the ship was sinking. And we're going to have personal contact. Yeah, he's going to be there, and he'll he'll answer your questions. He's going to be talking about his upcoming, uh, I believe it's his third book. Should be a good time uh, if you want to talk to Mr. Pleasance. We'll have him there for you know, 15, 20 minutes uh, or so. And then, of course, we're going to have all of our usual contributors and some new contributors this time around. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, we will be uh, broadcasting on this same channel, Twitch, Amiga Retro Gaming. At, uh, we'll start the festivities next Saturday, uh, October 1st at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Times. We hope you will join us uh, for the fun. It should be a good time. Uh, I don't think we've got anything else to plug. Be thinking in the back of your head. It seems like it's not that far or that's far away, but it's not. It'll be the Thanksgiving Marathon, the day after Thanksgiving. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll get something cooking. We finally got our ducks in a row. <gasps> we should cook. We should cook. You should cook for me, in fact. I think that'd be a good idea. We can, Oh, we could do a little hot plate? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. There you go. There we you can go. have real-life cooking mama right here on the show. I do like that game. So there you go. Look forward to that uh, sometime in late November, Brent cooking. Uh, any final thoughts before we take this to the house to Brent? No. Fair enough, then. You actually physically hit the table so hard, you actually activated the mouse. That's impressive. <laughs> and by impressive, I mean you're an idiot. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector-style graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17. Laron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalgy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O'Rong, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Ram, W. Fetke, Dave Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rasmussen, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pajaco 6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo NL, The Slow Norris, Terry Howard, Full of Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel. Their name called out in the credits and visualize in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.